Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 42, the latest and greatest club from the restaurant, the end of the universe. And to my left, or at least to the left of the screen, is our good friend Ryan, the man with the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh float. Hey. Now jives and jamboree handouts. Uh, Your good sure friend in mind, <laughs> Mr. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> it's me. Once again, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, like a white boy rabbit. Another another day. God, I always I always screw up the transition on the ending the music. I don't know if anyone else has noticed that, but I always cut it off too much. I need to like sit down and engineer the opening, so I just click it and let it play. But I never do. So I don't know. Anyway, we are here once again <laughs> coming to you from across the internet, across this great globe of ours. To your ears, to your headset, your handsets, your earbuds, your microphones, your hearts. 42. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> from the restaurant at the end of the universe. From the All the way across the universe. Exactly. And who knows how far that is. We had to have done this like, I don't know, 14 billion years ago for it to have gotten here by now. <laughs> yeah, we knows? could be gods. Yeah, there could be, you know, a, a billion years from now, there could be alien civilizations picking up these vibrations and going, oh, my God, these people are geniuses. I'm a genius. There could be an entire cult around 42, and then there's, like, the 42 anti-42 people who are telling hey, the... Fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah, but they could be all talking to, like, no, no, those people aren't cool. Those people But they're aren't. mistakenly worshipping me because they think we're actually nemesis. Yeah. Like we're actually villains. They don't realize that me and you were partners. They think we're separated. <laughs> yes, and for whatever reason, the villains come together on the the radios to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you so here write we that story. I should write or, that story. No, we should get a fan to write that story for yes. us. That'd be awesome. Put it on Reddit. Yeah, because you know, link it to we're us. We're lazy. Send it to the email. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> So what's up, Jacob? How you been, man? Uh good. Today was a good day. Yesterday was today not, was but today was a good day. <laughs> so like, what's that from? Sounds like something Worf would say. Yeah, maybe so. No, that's something about dying. But you know, me and the missus got into it yesterday. Really? It, oh yeah, bad. But oh, video games? No, no, just life things, and it was one of those things where like. I made sure we had the fight, and when uh, the end of it came out, it's just uh, you know there was a lot of stuff going on that neither of us were talking about, like just under the surface kind of stuff. And so we ended up laying down just you know after the fight at like four o'clock in the afternoon yesterday, and we woke up at seven a.m. this morning. Damn. Yeah, we uh, we slept for a long time, which apparently we needed because we did. Did y'all fight? Like like fist fight? Like have to recover? Like what the no, hell? No, I mean, emotionally anyway. We we there was there's just been a lot going on, you know, uh, stuff we've talked about here before about just mm -hmm. the hardness of life and uh, yeah. you know I think uh, my wife didn't allow herself to feel everything and did what I was doing, which was bad by just shutting it out and shutting down. So, right. mm -hmm. but you know, we're good now. We went out, we had a really good lunch 
And on the uh, the north side, which is on the north side, shocking, of the Allegheny River, <laughs> there's a restaurant. Uh, I sent you the picture. It's very pretty. It was very beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's all we're going on. I, I hit 1,500 MMR in Dota, which is a big deal. I was stuck at 1,200 for two or three months. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I just started winning. Just, you, yes, yeah, so, made it over the hump. Made over the hump. Another thing, remember like two weeks ago, I think it was, I was talking about how Dota needed majors. Remember me talking about that? Yeah, uh-huh, like four or five a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Valve announced that they are Uh-oh. setting up Dota majors. That the international will be one, and they're going mm-hmm. to allow three other tournaments not controlled by Valve to be the other three. Really? It looks like they're going to have the same which three, but... Still, it's going to be one of those things where they're just going, look, we need to make sure we're we're setting up a good foundation for Tournament Dota. And one of the big things, I don't know how it is in League or other competitive teams, but there's a lot of changeover in rosters. Right. Like from mm-hmm. week to week, rosters can change over the major teams. Quite a bit, right. And they are they're shutting that down down there's going to be limited trade periods in between the majors so so teams aren't going to be able to change as much as possible which is a good thing i think you could just solve it by giving the points to the team and not the players you win a majors towards the world championship at the end of the year you know it's you know um right but what if that team changes (laughs) you're not they give to the the team but Wow, that's interesting, huh? You know, so if you're inviting, say say you want to invite, like, EG, which is the big you, American well, team. Well, then you just have to buy a team. Well, and that's, that's, bas- how it should work. that's basically how, at least that seems how it's going to be. You might I not- should own a, a Dota team, like me personally. I own the team and sponsor it and pay for it all. And I get, you know, if my team wins the championship, it's like my team won the championship. Yeah. I, well, a lot of teams are owned by somebody now. Well, I mean, I mean isn't that how football works? That's how football works. That's how every major sport works. If someone owns a team and pays the players to play, that's the reason that team wins the championship and not that those players that are you know using this name. Right. Right. If Dignitas goes to plays for Intel and then goes and plays for AMD, they shouldn't. Dignitas shouldn't leave. The name shouldn't leave Intel. It should stay with Intel. Intel should own that team. Right. The, the whole team of players could leave, but the name itself and the championship points should stay with the sponsor. I think. And, or not even the sponsor, but the the team owner. Right, and hopefully that's what will happen, you know. But the team we'll owner still the team owner still sponsorships, you mm-hmm. know, pays the players. That's how it should work. That's how but, it works in all major sports. That's how it works in all major sports, and you know, right. esports wants to be with the big boys. They're gonna have to do something like it. I think that's the only way to do it. I can't think of another way. Can you? Uh, not really. Eventually, they'll have to go to an owner model. But right now, some of the team owners mm-hmm. own like four teams that are all competing in the same tournament. So it's causing some really weird kind of, you know, two teams that are owned by the same team are competing against each other. What happens? Should one team tank? It's But, you know, it happens in NASCAR all the time. There's you it know, does. five, six cars owned by you know, five teams in every NASCAR race. 
Very true. You know, yeah, Penske and they use, they, and they help each other. Oh yeah, well, absolutely. It's not unheard of the guy that's lowering the point championship points to to block for the guy that's trying to win. Exactly. So you know, it, I don't know. There's so many weird sports things. It's it's interesting to watch a sport being born in front of your eyes. Well, that is interesting. It's well, I mean, we're, it's the future though. How many things are emerging like right over now. the next five years? Mm-hmm. Things will be so fucking crazy in 2020 compared to even just today and things are crazy today or the promise of the end of this year is crazy yeah like as of right now this summer into fall and the beginning of next year in 2016 everything's changing we're getting curved 40 you know curved 4k display tvs and we're getting vr you know gaming and we're getting hyper fast internet everywhere and it's just i don't know it's just the future's here we we were shopping at walmart today right mm-hmm. we were walking we were walking by the electronics and you, you saw know, the big lg well not the big lg i've seen that but in the aisle just mm-hmm. not even on display in the aisle was a vizio 40 inch 1080p for 280 dollars oh 40 I, okay. inch a 40 inch display which used yeah. to be huge if, if you had a 32 inch, you were doing pretty good. Yeah, 42 inch plasma was it's insane. Almost throwaway money. That's almost throwaway money. Yeah, in my Walmart here in Tomball, they um had one of the uh I think it was a Samsung or an LG curved display. One of the 1080p curved, you know, 48 inch right. curved TVs. Mm-hmm. Just sitting in the hall in the aisle. It's like not even special. Like even the newest technology is still. It's just like oh no, it's just technology right now. Everything's cool. 42-inch, because I, I was looking at this, 42-inch Vizio 4K, $700 on Amazon. Oh, 4K, my yeah, God. Yeah, 4K. It's not curved. Ins- it's not, it's yeah, not no, curved, no, no, but it, it's still, still a 4K. It's a 4K display. For that is insane. $700. Cheaper than buying, God, this is cheaper than buying a lot of things. A lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, have you ever read the the reviews on the really really expensive things on Amazon? Yeah, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. <laughs> it's I saw, hilarious. I saw something that it because apparently there's a 4K 120 inch display on Amazon that's a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So I was like, yeah, I just had the room on my desk, so I figured, why not? We'll put it on the edge. <laughs> 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 I'll take a mortgage out to get this TV. <laughs> okay, so me me and a friend, we were talking. We're going to talk a little little sports. It's like we're we're trying to figure out the teams that buying a season pa- season ticket package was better than buying a house in terms of ROI. So if you're going to buy it and sell every ticket, which is more, you know, which is better? Because there's some teams in in the world, you know, you're gonna be able to make more money. Do you have some fairly good numbers, and I can guess on? Uh, No, I've got some guesses of who they would be. You want me to guess and see if we match? Sure. How about the L.A. Lakers? No. No, they're not selling it right now. How about like the um that baseball team where people like uh leave the ticket rights to buy the tickets in their will what what was it since this is it the cubs uh would be the cubs yes the cubs would be the cubs would be a season tickets that would probably make you money a right. lot of money 
the Green Bay Packers. Okay, yeah, Green Bay Packers is actually one of those here. Heritage. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about. It. I'll pull it up. Um, Because on Wiki, there's a NFL season ticket waiting list number. Is that legal? Am I allowed to buy a season ticket and pe- pe- sell it? Yeah, it's yours. Individually? Yeah, you, the, you own the rights. Um, Interesting. So they're not like checking my ID with my ticket. It's just that I have this first class ticket and I can just walk in or whatever. Right, right. There's no name on it. It's like a bear bond. So, the Green Bay Packers, there are approximately 1,100, 111,000, there we go, names on the waiting list. Can you look at like tickets, like hub tubs, uh, ticket stub or whatever it's called? This is NFL, so it'd be hard to look at it right now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm just curious what a ticket to Green Bay is worth if you were buying somebody's season pass. Like if you're going to buy one of their tickets from a season pass holder. Oh, you, you, you'd fork over $200 at minimum. At minimum. Damn. Oh, yeah. It's one of the hardest tickets to get in all of sports. If I wanted to go watch a game at Green Bay Packers, I can't go do it? Yeah, I mean, there are people who are always selling their tickets, but they sell out every game. Every season, every ticket. They sell is soul is a season ticket. Every seat in the thing is Every a season seat, ticket. Yep. <laughs> and there's a hundred and eleven thousand people waiting for Green Bay Packer tickets. How many were waiting on the Cubs? Uh, let's see. There's... Wait, before you look it up. Uh huh. Over and under, Green Bay Packers. Oh. I would go over just because there's more people in Chicago. Okay. I would have taken the over too. So, how hard is it to find this kind of information? Is it just a Google thing? It's just a Google thing. Most, uh, uh, it's it looks like it's easier to find on football. Don't say Bing. Base- Don't say Bing. No, I'm saying baseball. <laughs> They're like, we don't have a waiting list. This is it. Everybody's got one. He's got one. The Philadelphia Eagles have the longest wait list at 4,000 years. Number two, the Packers at 100 years. The Philadelphia Eagles? Yo, they're crazy. They're fucking crazy out there. The wait list is 4,000 years? That's what they say. So I'm I'm putting my I'm confused. I'm putting my waitlist in on the chance that I'll like pass that on to my kids when I die, and they might get an opportunity to redeem it. Basically, yeah. That's incredible. Well, my uncle, he's Philadelphia a, Eagles. I didn't know they were fanatic like that. Oh, dude, they're crazy up here. They're crazy oh. up here. I mean, you think that's another level of fandom. Think about the most annoying Cowboys fan you can think of. Because let's be honest, the most annoying fan most of us can think of is a Dallas Cowboys fan. The American team. They're worse. They're (laughs) worse up here. So you just got whole cars dedicated to the team and stuff. Oh, it's terrible. I don't have any fandom like that towards anything (laughs) at all. Yeah, well, my my uncle, he's a. 
God, he he is a season. He was he is a season ticket holder for A and M. Is that difficult to achieve? It's difficult to achieve, and it's so difficult that he's. I don't think he hasn't lived in Texas in well over ten years, and he still buys them every year and sells them just so he can keep the right, so he can go to one game a year. <laughs> so it's difficult to even go to an A and M game, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know that. Unless you can get like student tickets. Right, right, right. You know, but even then most of those big guys are putting in restrictions of IDs. When I was at OSU, like if you had the ticket, they let you in. They didn't give a fuck who you were. <laughs> right, yeah. Cuz they were they weren't selling out that shit anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. OSU got pretty good there though. Oh, yeah. And this year is going to be interesting. How's that? Uh, well, we were the youngest team in Division One college football last year. Okay. Um, so that means now that we've... A lot of returning. We graduated one starter. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, Mason Rudolph... There, there, have been, there have been many a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer jokes told around Oklahoma sure, State fandom. Sure. Uh, so this this kid's a redshirt freshman, right? So he he was a freshman last year. They weren't going to play him because in the NCAA, you can put what's called a redshirt on somebody, and basically they can practice with a team, but they can't play. And so they have five years with the team but can only play four. So that he was redshirted and redshirted and redshirted, and our quarterbacks were just getting killed. Because our our starting quarterback going into the season, who almost beat Florida State, which was the defending national champion, broke his ankle in the second game of the season. No, so he's gone. Yeah, right. And so we're and bring this guy named Dax Garman, who he's one of those people who you just. He just excites you with so many great plays, but also throws like every other throw is a pick. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. You know. Uh, Who's that, Tebow? No, not Tebow. No, um, Romo. Romo. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah Dallas again. Yes. What's up, Dallas? <laughs> Fuck we you. hate you. <laughs> Fuck you, Dallas. Uh, so, anyway, we're looking like we're going to break our bowl streak because we've been going to bowl games for a long time. And... Dax gets hurt, and our coach takes the red shirt off dun, 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 dun. off of uh, Rudolph, and he goes into Baylor on the road, loses, but it's close. Baylor was number two ranked in the country, right? And so, you know, the next week he goes in to Norman, into OU, and gets the upset. Just hard. I literally broke a knuckle because I was like jumping around and I was screaming and like I accidentally hit my couch and like my hand swelled up so huge oh yeah it was huge because how many injuries happened because he won oh well the thing is it was there was a play there was a play a play a play no I'll have to show it to you um it's that big a deal it's that no yes it's that big of a deal um and this is another you're gonna have to bear with this country internet. Yeah, it's it's not a not too much of a thing. It's fifty second video. Ah, okay. This should only take like an hour. 
da, 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 da. let's keep this up at zero. Up at zero. All right, let's see. I'm just going to get a little bit of it loaded so we don't get stuck in the middle and I look like a moron going, What happened? I'll never know. <laughs> okay, you ready? All right, ready? Three, two, one, go. Okay, so the guy kicks it. Who kicked it? This the punter. This is Tyreek Hill. Who caught it? Tyreek Hill. Here we go. On, on your team? Yep. Holy shit. Did he run it all the way back? Yep. Look at this. Alright, alright. He catches it in the middle of these dudes. And then just... Poof. Douche, douche. And then just turns up, gets a good block there. And then just outruns that guy to the corner, and then he's just gone. Gone. Yes. Just look at him run. Like a machine. And what's so sad? God, that's insane. Is that dude is no longer on our team. Ah, he's he the one that graduated. No, he got arrested for hitting his girlfriend. Oh, what the fuck, four, dude? No, no. Four days after that play. Literally. Really? Like, breaking everyone. Like, so much shit going on in OSU football. Four days after his play, hit his girlfriend off the team. Coach, like, just kicked him off. He's like, dude, I'd rather lose than have a, you know, woman hitter. I know, I know. We're the He-Man woman haters, not the He-Man woman hitters. There's a complete difference. Absolutely. (laughs) Complete difference. But, yeah. And then we win the bowl game. Uh, So, yeah. It's... it's what I, this isn't the most excited I've ever been about Oklahoma State football, but it's up there. Yeah? Oh, yeah. 2011, the, when we should have gone to the national title game, mm-hmm. we uh, that's the most excited I've ever been about Oklahoma State football. <sighs> it's crazy because it's, it's, it's April, and I'm, just, I'm looking forward to September because that's what football season is. September? No, or late You're August. You're a madman. But hey, the Astros are doing good. That's something we got to look forward to. I live here and don't care. <laughs> I still care. I still care. That's your, still your team? That's still my team. Oh, yeah. I love my That's Astros. weird that I you fall- decide to keep that as your team and not any of the other ones that you could have. Because you've abandoned all your other teams that you were kind of a fan of as a child. Oh, the Oilers left. We got a new one. But I was gone. I was oh, going okay. when they well, showed that's, up. That, you got a pass on that one. Uh, I still root for the Rockets, just not when they're playing the Thunder. And <laughs> who else am I going to root for in baseball? I don't know. It's just, that's my thing. Is just I love. I love. Didn't like, y'all get a baseball team in Oklahoma? No, nah, we have we have minor league teams, but no professional mm. team. No, nah, but I, I love I love the Astros. I always will. Anyway, enough sports. We've talked about okay. sports because it's what I, sports. <laughs> it's so sad because I can do this all night. I should I should have been a sports talker is what I should have done because there's can... still time. <laughs> if we can make a bunch of money, you can do it as a hobby. You can run a one man podcast just talking shit, just rant, just rant. I'll sit here and you can bounce stuff off me. <laughs> and you'll just like shake your head. Yeah, like, uh-huh, like I'm doing yeah. now. Uh-huh. It'll be Ryan the soundboard, screen the yeah. callers. <laughs> I'll be like, so Ryan, what do you think? You'd be like, yeah. You have some witty remark. Well, what about this witty it. remark? <laughs> I love it. That would be awesome. We'll, we'll be the witty remarks. It'll just be, hey, what about this witty remark? What about this one? 
Oh, no, I, well, I, what I, about this quarterback and this Woody remark? Oh, yeah. No. No, my stuff will be more like um, flying squirrel pussy people. Just <laughs> random, really off-the-wall stuff that I have that has nothing to do with sports because I'm really not going to be listening or caring. I'm just going to be trying to find callers that are going to be um, inflammatory because those are fun to listen to sometimes. <sighs> yeah, it's kind of a weird Sunday. Like, I don't know, I'm just feeling it's the fuck. I don't know, just weird, feeling weird today. He's like, I, I need some football in my life, god damn it. <laughs> uh, I learned an interesting fact about sports recently. What's that? You know where we, as Americans, got the word soccer from? No. You know how they give us such a hard time for calling football soccer? Right. You know where we got it from? We got it from England. Because they called it soccer. And when we started to call it soccer and adopted it, the English adopted football that the rest of the world was using. <laughs> so, fuck you, England. Fuck we you. won the war. Yeah, right? God damn it, call it soccer. We, call, we won that shit for a reason. For a right to call that shit soccer. <laughs> and to call our stuff football, which makes no sense. No sense. Why is I it called f- football? I do find it funny how, for a long time, rightfully so, so much of our culture was anti-English because, you know, we won the war and everything else. And now so much of our culture is their culture because, you know, we have all the BBC stuff and mm-hmm. Downton Abbey and Sherlock and the, the watch. Keep Calm. The Keep Calm and Doctor Who and, um, you know, the, oh, who, what's the sex of the new, you know, Rural oh, baby's going to be, you know, all that bullshit. Don't even say that. I'm not trying to hear that shit. What is, uh, that is not allowed to be on this podcast. There, there was this great meme I saw. I was like, yeah. I, don't know, I don't always care about the royal babies, Sucks. but when I do, it's in the supermarket aisle. <laughs> <laughs> the checkout line? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, where the magazines are, yeah, That's, yeah. That's the only time I care about celebrities and what they're doing. <laughs> Even today, yeah. my wife was like, hasn't, hasn't Jennifer Aniston been pregnant five times this year already? <laughs> like, if you believe it's Apple, she's pregnant like once a month. <laughs> I didn't even know she was still a thing. I thought she had gotten too old. Oh, no, she's still I mean, she wasn't popular off of her acting ability, that's for sure. Yeah, oh, she's still beautiful, though. Nah, she wasn't beautiful then. How couldn't she be now? Oh, really? Oh, dude. I was, oh... Oh, no. No, you're wrong. She was gorgeous. I am not wrong. She is ugly like Angelina Jolie. Jennifer Aniston? They're both ugly. Both of them. I just mentioned the two highly overrated celebrity. I've seen the friend's nipple shot. It doesn't do her. She's not still hot. She's got good tits. But that's it. Uh, There's lots of good titties in this world. That's true. There are lots of good ones in this Lots world. of really good cities, and they're usually connected to ugly faces. It's rare when you get the combo. Still, I think you're wrong. I think, like, especially in that um, Bruce Almighty, when she was in no. that. Oh, gorgeous. No. Gorgeous. No. She was miserably ugly. Why? I don't even know how she got that part. She can't act, and she's not pretty. She was just on, she was just on the most popular TV show ever. Ever. Yeah. Well, one of them. One, one of them. One of those, those hyper popular. Yeah. The let's see. The average like twelve million a show. Who did? Friends. Holy shit! 
they did amazing, like, just amazing uh, ratings. Let's that's see. incredible. Okay. I never liked that show at all. Did you? I enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't like it. If I was going to watch those kind of friends like shows, I'd rather watch like Scrubs. Oh, I love Scrubs. I thought Scrubs was funny. Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was I, hilarious. I have a story to tell about Scrubs, but hold on. He's like, I'm going to find these goddamn pictures. Uh, no. I'm and gonna... you're going to admit that she's pretty. Da, 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 da. What are you looking for? I'm trying to. So the, the Friends finale, 52.5 ah. million viewers. Wow. I wonder how many people watched 9-11. Like, what was the most viewed event on TV? How many people do you think are going to watch this Mayweather-Pacquiao fight? A lot. A lot. And they're going to pay it's a bunch a, of money to do gonna it. It's going to be the last great fight. I mean, this is... Um, uh, Klitschko versus that that Chinese kid, once he gets trained up, might be a pretty good fight. But Klitschko's getting old. But still, the point is, this is going to be a big deal. Who are oh, you thinking? Who are you taking? Mayweather? I got to go with Mayweather. Why? Um, he, I want the Mexican to win so bad. He's younger. Yeah, no, I know why. He's got the better reach. He's more Yeah, I, I mean, and Mayweather, because I've Pacquiao watched... from like three years ago could probably knock him out. But right, not a, yeah, and that's, that's the thing. If it was just three years ago, it'd be different, but it's not. But Mayweather's big thing is he doesn't knock a lot of people out. Like he, no, he's, he's got a boxer. The, he's got the technique. Yeah, he's a boxer. So if he if he gets past like the fifth or sixth round, it's probably Mayweather. But I could see Pacquiao just dropping him in the third round, just coming in, just pop, 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 you know, <sighs> catching him because he's. You're watching it, right? Oh yeah, I'll watch it because he's so fast. Pacquiao is so fast. Even even at his age, he's so fast. He could just pop him real good. Yeah, Mayweather's got great technique, though, man. I'm. I'm... Oh yeah, he's got the great. Some of the best head moves in history, like he, the way he can bob his head and miss miss punches, it's incredible. Just slide them, just slide them off. Yeah, yeah, just slide them off. Let that Vaseline do the work. Yeah. So yeah. So Scrubs, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. which is one of my all time favorite shows. Uh, I so the the real finale, not the whole bullshit med med school show finale, but season eight was when like the show itself with you know JD and. Turk and everyone ended right and I was sitting there I was like okay because I, I didn't watch it when it premiered and I was in my I was alone in my office back when I had my own office and I was sitting there I was like okay I'm gonna sit down and watch the scrubs finale over lunch because, okay and so I got my chick-fil-a I was I was sitting sitting there eating it. Oh hell, the Chick Fil A! And by the end of it, I'm just like, okay, Jacob, you're not gonna cry. You're not gonna cry. I'm like fighting back, and like tears are rolling down. I'm like, oh god, I'm like I'm so glad I'm alone right now. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm alone right now in my car. No. Oh, your office with your yeah. Chick Fil A. Your office. It was so good. It still gets me. It still gets me. I could watch it right now, and I was be like. <laughs> Oh God! Oh God! No, JD. You can do when, it. When um when Captain Picard sits down, 
at the end, and he's the sky's the limit. And the sky's the limit. Oh, I get that. So I get that one. Good. That one Indian tear. You know what I mean? That one little one that runs down your cheek. I'm like, yeah, no big deal. The other ones, the other eyes all watered up and stuff. I gotta get it out of the way. Something that always makes you cry, like movie, TV, song. Something that's always like, whenever you watch it or hear it, you just like get all these emotions. And I have several, but the first one that comes to mind that it can guarantee where I have a hard time watching it is when Radar leaves leaves Mash. Oh, so good. And it's I don't such wanna, a good it, reference. It's a spoiler alert to tell you that he even left, but I'm not going to tell you what he leaves behind. That's the true spoiler alert. That's when you're like, oh, okay. Before we get it back, it makes me tear up thinking about it. Oh, I know. That? Oh, I know. That? That's the one that really gets you. Uh, up, up gets me every time. If we're going to go, time. if we're going to go that way. Up got me, but barely. I didn't really cry. You know, like Wally can kind of make me cry too a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the one that really made me cry the first time I ever cried at a movie. Can you remember when you were a kid? Honey, I shrunk the kids. What? Really? When the ant dies? Oh, when the ant dies. Like, when the ant dies. You're just like, oh my God. Did, I, was did like, I cry at the ant? I can't remember. <sighs> the one that I can verify that I remember, because I don't remember if I saw Honey, I Shrunk the Kids until I was older, you know? Mm-hmm. That is a traumatic part, though. But when um, when Scar kills Mufasa in Lion King, oh, and and he won't get up, and Simba's yelling at his dad, "Come on, Dad, we gotta go home!" And he's doing the whole. I was like, ah, I was like a six-year-old bawling my fucking <laughs> eyes out, man. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I've got songs that remind me of people that I don't like thinking about anymore. Oh, I have a lot of those. But can't help it if I hear the song. The first song I ever had an emotional response to was L.E.G. by the Newsboys. Way back in the way back. That is way back in the way back. It's all about, uh, I think it's his sister who threw herself in front of a train. Yeah, it's super intense. I remember thinking like, I was like like 11 or 12 the first time I heard this song. I just like, oh, like I was really like listening to it, you know, like. You you get to about eleven, twelve, and you think you're smart, so you're like trying to decide dissect songs, and like you realize what they're talking about, and you're just like, oh my god, this is really really sad. <laughs> the first emotional response was ever got out of a song from me. I was like eight or seven, and I'm riding around with my great grandfather, so he's like seventy seven, seventy six at this time, you know, and he's an old man to me as an eight year old or seven year old, right, and um. Uh, who sings it? I can't remember who sings it, but A Country Boy Can't Survive. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember who sings it. I don't remember who sings it. I think it's Hank Williams Jr., but anyway, he uh, he turned it up. He was like, oh, I like this song, as an old man. It never said a, you know, he might say 10 words a day, and he used three of them to say he likes the song or whatever, you know, so he turns it up, and then the part where the uh, the New Yorker gets shot, his friend from New York City, get no, gets stabbed over $47. That was the first like emotional response I ever had over a song. Mm-hmm. It's a good song, though. I highly recommend that one. The Office finale still gets me. Really? Yes, because the thing is, is the nice thing about The Office is they knew they were ending it. 
going into last season, the last season of writing, they knew it wasn't one of those shows that just ended. They knew right. mm-hmm. this was the last season, and they ended it so well. At the very end, because there's a scene at the very end where all, they're all in the office sort of for the last time, and mm-hmm. it's so good. And you're just like, oh. Because I had been watching, I started watching The Office like week over week, early season two. And it went through nine seasons. So I was watching, you know, I've been, wa- I've been watching yeah. it the entire time. And, oh, so good. Yeah, that's invested. Yeah. And those are the worst, too, because you get used to having these friends with you every week. Right. And that's that's the hard part. Is you get it's so like when you end a story. And that's why I've seen it. I've seen every Office episode since it ended at least twice. Damn. But it's one of those things like, well, just turn it on the background. You Star know, Trek for me. Cooking Next dinner. generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've probably watched that whole, not every single episode, like six times. But on average, every episode has six views. Yeah. There's a certain amount of episodes times six. That's how many views of Star Trek I've seen. Some of episodes might have 11 and some might have one, but they average it out to at least, I've probably watched the entire series six times over. Okay. Because it'll just get turned on and left on for six hours. You know, just on Netflix, just keep playing. When it's, are you still, wa- yes, I'm still not watching this. <laughs> Fucking play, damn it. Okay, so two questions off of that. What is your go to? Like, if you're going to. Turn on Star Trek and watch one episode. What is it? And second part, if you're going to, I don't know how, but if someone has never seen Star Trek and you're going to put one episode in front of them, what is it? Um, Because I know mine, if you would like to hear mine first. Yeah, go ahead with yours. For me, it's Best of Both Worlds. I'm watching that two-parter. It's no, so you're good. Not. Yes, not, I am. You're not. Not if you're just gonna like some random afternoon. You're like, ah, just think I'm just gonna watch a Star Trek episode. No, that's exactly. The best of both worlds takes too much effort to watch. It's so right, good. like it's like it's a. So it's in the, yes, it might be the best Star Trek episode of all the series. Maybe. Um, if I'm gonna drop an episode in front of somebody, yeah, it's probably the one. And I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate from this from the internet, but it's the one where Wesley brings the game back. From, uh-huh, where they put the little... Was the, it? No, it was Riker. Eye. It was Riker with the discs and the tornadoes. And Wesley is a pivotal character because he's the one who doesn't mm-hmm. succumb to it. Right. That's uh, that's probably mm-hmm. one of them. Another one would be The Big Goodbye. I think that's a that great. was my first response. My first response was The Big Goodbye because that just... It's fun, and it's not too futuristic Star Trek-y because it's actually like old Chicago, right? Right. Mm-hmm. If there's an episode that I really want you to watch and get, well, damn it. The one I would say like offhand that I want somebody to grab their attention and just watch it would be the cliffhanger uh, Time Zero. Oh, the Time one where Zero. Data goes back yeah, in time to San Francisco. Uh-huh. That's a good one. That's that's my mom's favorites actually. But that requires you. It's probably one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite too. But that requires you um, understanding how important Gaina is. Right, right. And you, you don't if you just watch that episode to begin with. So, um, maybe the one with Moriarty. That's a good one too. You know the Sherlock Holmes Data episode. Um, if I wanted to show Star Trek off to somebody who's like a 
a TV aficionado or a you know a video file or a filmy or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. I would show them a measure of a man. Ah, uh, measure. Yes, because I, mean, I think that's the most like. That's one of the deepest know, episodes by far. Oscar worthy mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah, because it's shot in mostly one room. It's got four characters. It's very intense. It deals with some big big issues. You know, what that is we, a man that we will end up yes. that we will end up dealing with sooner than later, most yes. likely. This is issues that we will end up. Yeah, and it's, it'll be fun to reference back to it. It might even be something that we, when we're setting the precedents, we might reference towards this. It wouldn't be surprising if somebody reads this on the floor of some important, you know, because by the time we are dealing with this, it wouldn't be surprising if it was my generation or my sons that's actually having the you know conversation. Yeah, I. I never, I never thought I'd see robotics in my lifetime. Real robotics, not, not you know, like assembly line robotics, Ooh, but like, yeah. but full on, automated beings. And I fully expect to see them now. That's hard to say because if you read any of the textbooks from the '80s, they expected us to be, all of our jobs to be ran by autonomous robots. You know, doing all of McDonald's work and all of your gas pump work and all of that stuff was going to be done by robots by if now. If politics weren't a thing, they would be. Interesting. I, I, that's my opinion, anyway. If Interesting. Politics that may were be not a, a true, thing. Yeah. They were, yeah. But if, this, but the technology really isn't there yet. The technology just now is getting with our batteries and power distributions and efficiency. We're getting materials that are light enough and strong enough, and we're getting batteries and motors and, you know, we didn't have brushless motor technology until just recently. Moore's Law, man. Yeah, but it, it's now that it's cool. here, have you seen some of the cool shit they're coming up oh, with? Absolutely. Like some of the. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you see what the they used in South Vietnam? Where's Samsung from? I'm having, I'm having a brain fart. They're Korean. South Korea. South Korea. That's not Vietnam. What was I fucking thinking? Anyway, South Korea. Um, they uh, you know how they're real techie there. Yep. Well, they've also got a like a pretty industrious uh, iron dock, like iron mill ships stuff all over the world. And it's a big like a uh, shipping area, a powered exoskeleton. It went like a guy is actually wearing a powered exoskeleton. Like a mech. And, yes. And it looks a lot like a, the matrix mech, except it's a little bit smaller and slimmer, you know, so he's not like walking on legs. His feet are just standing in shoes that are connected, you know, by the sole to a thing that's connected to his knee, connected to his hip. And then around that, he's got like this roll cage and this thing that comes around. Then he's got like a scorpion thing that comes over that has a winch. So he can like let the winch out, hook it up to things, stand up, and then use the winch in his body to, you know, to pull it up. Right now, it's only adding 70. He can lift 70 extra pounds. But it can last uh, like 40 minutes or Four minutes. It's like you know, not that impressive yet. Right. But they're already testing it in real world applications and stuff. I I just oh, I wouldn't look it up on my internet. So shit here. So this kind of it's not what I was playing on for a big thought, but it is an interesting thought. Is okay. You know how so many of our movies now are, re, you know, repeats and redos and rebirths and the whole bit. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and now, and so most of the people who are creating things grew up in great sci-fi, 80s and mm-hmm. 90s. What will happen when they don't have a picture of the future to look forward to? 
Ooh, that is a hard one. Because we've that is a hard one. We have so like so much. If you look at so much of our future technology, especially when it comes to um, tech, not like internet, but actual physical technologies, mm-hmm. it, they all look or or like something from something from sci-fi. True, true. Like 3D printers or replicators. The 3D printers, uh, how displays, like touch displays. I mean, there were touch displays before there were touch displays. So this is, it's not really an answer, but it's a kind of an idea that goes along with your idea. Okay. So I'm in the market for a new computer. Mm-hmm. So we could do computer talk later if you wanted to. Okay. But I was looking at screens. And... I don't expect anything much past 4K ever, really. Like, we're going to, like, 4K may be the last resolution screen that they sell. Before VR. Well, before VR or holograms. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you'll have, like, a, you'll have a 4K that sits up and a 4K that's on the desk, and in between they interact and create 3D holograms in 4K, right? You know, that type of technology. But that goes along with my thought. My idea is that, is there a certain point where there's a saturation of technology, where it, it just exceeds our needs. The resolution gets finer, but the human being can't see it anymore, where it's like, okay, well, we, we're done with the screen. We, there's no reason to make the screen even better, right? There's, the only thing we need to do is make a better version of this screen. Like, we're going to make it holographic, or we're going to do things like that. Like, you can build a computer nowadays. You know, before you would build a computer, if you built a top-of-the-line computer, Two, three years was the best you're going to get out of your top-of-the-line rig? Yep. Nowadays, the technology is really getting to the point where you can build a future-proof computer that'll last five to seven years, where the stuff that they're putting on the motherboard doesn't even have applications in the real world yet, real world yet because they haven't made the, the... The hardware technology itself has gotten to a saturation point where now we're bottlenecked with the, tech, like the software needed to use the hardware. Because we're, we're connecting SSD drives to these motherboards and we don't have a, a language that it will speak fast enough to let them, even though the, both connections are fast enough, there's just a missing link between the two. I don't know, it's just, there's a saturation point in technology eventually. When will we, when will we plateau? So yours, your... No, my what? point is, is like, the, we've seen the saturation point like on screens. Mm-hmm. What is the saturation point for like sci-fi? Like, like, we've already come up with Warp Drive. The only thing they could do is actually make it and then make a better version of it, like they are in the Star Trek universe. But mm-hmm. what would be more visionary than Warp Drive? S- space folding, you know, which we've already envisioned. So it's like we've, there's a saturation of, like, ideas. Now there just needs to be a fruition on those ideas or an application. You know what I mean? Like, we need to be able to finish it. So we've maxed out our potential to dream so far. We haven't had anything groundbreaking enough in the last 30 years to push our potential to dream. I think we've had the same dreams since we were humans. Since we were ever smart enough to really start wondering about that kind of shit, right? Or writing things down. And, you know, like we needed people to figure out mathematics and then geometry and then calculus and then all of that stuff. But even then, there's a saturation point in math, where before there was, it was not easy to make discoveries, but there were still discoveries to be made. 
where now we're making discoveries that aren't really they're not as profound as discovering calculus you know what I mean like you're not they're not finding completely new versions of math it's just because we've wrote we have such a history of things that we've wrote down you know what I mean I don't know it just seems you know like I don't know that's what it seems like to me what do you think am I wrong I, I've thought about the saturation of uh, technology and basically going you know what we're good yeah we're good how much smaller does your phone need to be how much have you smaller seen the new, how... yeah the new s6 it's amazing oh yeah it's gorgeous like what what more I, i've would thought we... about that and i've worried about that because i still i mean maybe it's because of my age i'm right at that i'm just old enough and you're just old enough to remember going to space what what it and, and it was still very romantic and it was still very astronauts were the biggest and the baddest and you know that barely was... barely but i can give an example of the culture that we barely existed especially in especially living in houston okay yeah especially living in houston so i'm like seven or eight maybe nine somewhere around in there like around that age and computers and internet are kind of happening right and i was one of those kids that was Instantly, like a moth to flames, thought the computer and the internet might be the greatest thing ever. I wanted to spend all day on it. And my grandmother forced me to read textbooks about space because she said the future is in space. It's not here on these computers and the internet. That doesn't mean anything. That's just a novel toy that we've designed. Our future as human beings are in, is in the stars. And you need to be up on, and ahead on that. Like, man, if they would have just let me hang out on the internet, I'd have probably made a website and, you know, made a couple billion dollars just because I would have been <laughs> one of the few first before it was saturated. You know, right. it was still fertile and ripe, you know, where cars.com was worth a million dollars. You just had to be one of those kids who was smart enough to fucking buy it. Pepsi.com, Coke.com. You know. Yeah. Uh, How much was Pepsi One worth? <laughs> One of my favorite stories about naming and soft drinks is, do you remember Surge? Yes. So the day, <gasps> I think it was the day or maybe the week before Surge came out, Coca-Cola realized that someone in the marketing department had not figured out that there was already a copyright on the name in the drink world. Yeah, in the soft drink world. They had to spend like $30 million. That's one of the reasons they didn't make it. They were so far in a hole. Yeah. That guy lost his job promptly. Probably, yeah. Yeah, he lost his job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. So, Did you drink Surge? Yeah, I drank Surge. Oh, I always liked Mountain Dew more. Ah, uh, me too. But I like Surge. I didn't mind it. But I'm never, I've never been a big lemon line. Well, I mean, I like 7-Up, but I've never been more of that. I don't know. That, I've never been a big fan of the Mountain Dew-ness. Mm -hmm. um, it's not because of the Yellow 5, just because I wasn't a fan of the flavor. <laughs> uh, that's a dated reference, I'm sure. <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> it made me laugh. Did you know where uh, Mountain Dew was actually created for? No. Mountain Dew was designed to be mixed with um, whiskey. Hence the name Mountain Dew, which is an old reference for moonshine in Arkansas. Uh -huh. Yeah, that makes they made, sense. I they mean, made especially with the way whiskey tastes. Yeah, I can see it. 
It was specifically created as a mixer for whiskey. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Uh, I've tried it. It makes it real sweet. Oh, I bet like it, it does. It makes it real. Um, it's really smooth. Like it's, it makes it extremely smooth, and it makes it really sweet. But it also makes your Mountain Dew flat. It turns into like this tonic of some sort. Interesting. Can't get over the flatness. Like there's a part of me that wants to just shoot some uh, sparkling water in it. You know, like add some carb carbonation back into it. But so what you're telling me is it needs to be like a shot, like half and half, and just that actually works extremely well. Okay. You double. You make a double shot. Half. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can actually go a little heavier on the whiskey and get fucked up. <laughs> oh, whiskey. We love you so much. No, we don't. Fuck you, whiskey. That shit sucks. Uh, I like good. Whiskey's telling you is just a lie because you're drinking it. <laughs> when you wake up the day after drinking whiskey, that's the truth. That's the reality of whiskey. That's most. That's most days. Hey, but that's me with wine. <laughs> that's because like seventy um, percent of people can't drink wine without getting a headache. Oh, that's me. Yeah, that's it's genetic. Red it's wine. Genetic. Yeah, red wine, a, yeah, not red white wine. wine. Red wine specifically, but it's a genetic thing. Rushes me. Don't drink it. Oh, You're, you have a, a genetic reason to not drink it. Just don't. Just don't. Just huh? don't. They recommend people for people like you just to drink beer with your steak or your fish. Just well, drink like a one, good beer. One glass is fine. Like if I drink one glass of red wine, I'm okay. They don't. Yeah. Well, they recommend yeah less than two glasses is where most people get a headache. But still. <laughs> oh. I'm just drinking my orange soda right now. Huh? Yeah, and I'm drinking iced tea because I'm a Texan. <laughs> Man, I was trying to think of anything good that really happened this week. There's really not a lot. I mean, I, well, except for the friggin' um, uh, mountain that exploded in Chile or whatever it was. Yeah. The videos were fucking awesome, the pictures. And then, did you hear about Mount Everest? Oh. Did you see the pictures from Mount Everest? I haven't seen that. Well, you know, Nepal had that giant earthquake that killed all those people and destroyed all the um, right. ancient temples. Well, Mount Everest is in Nepal. Uh-huh. There's people in Everest. They were involved in this major earthquake on the top of fucking Mount Everest. <laughs> the pictures are appalling. They look... It, it's weird to see somebody that's still alive who I know and they know they're going to die. Like, nobody's going to come save you. You're dead. You know, there's this picture. Of, I, don't, uh, I don't know if I could find it. Um, Nepal earthquake. Mount Everest. Pictures? What would I look? Probably. I'd like you, I'd like you to see it. But it's this. Um, it's like five or six people, and they're all laying down on the ground, and. Uh, there's blood everywhere. Not everywhere, but there's blood on the ground. And, like, one guy is, like, sitting there, like, you know, holding his head. And he's, like, holding his hand of his wife. And his wife's laying down. And there's, like, blood and, like, snow between them. And her legs are, like, just facing inwards. Like, her toes are just kind of, like, touching, you know? Like, they've been smashed inwards and stuff. And it's just weird to, like, like the guy taking the picture most likely can't even get himself down to the bottom of the mountain safely. He's not going to be able to carry. You know what I mean? Like, you can't feel bad for the it just could you imagine being there and not being able to carry them down to the bottom of the mountain the mountain oh yeah that'd be terrible oh oh that'd be terrible 
The guy from Google died. He was on Everest. The executive from Google. He was the uh, the head of security for Google X. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, I must. Yeah, I died. haven't. It's been one of those weeks. I've had a had a lot of training at work, so I didn't. Um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of prep for the show on my end either. Yeah, it's just been one of those weeks. It has. It was one of those weeks for me. It might end up being a short show because of that, but still, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, at least this is a thing. Like, I'm trying to find that one video, that one picture that was so. Did you see the pictures of the before and afters on the like the? Uh, what do you call those places? Like churches, but they're not churches. They're monasteries, temples. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah, it's like a monastery, like temple. That's it, temple. Yeah, I've seen some like of these those. big, beautiful before mm-hmm. and after photos of temples. Oh, see. So now that this is that have been destroyed. completely changing topics, but now okay. that you're done with Dresden, oh. and you have which some- is one of those moments where I was really kind of really bittersweet coming to the end of the last book because I knew I was at the end of the series, which well, is really for satisfying now. for now. Yeah, but, well, yeah, that's what I mean for right now. It's really satisfying to know I'm caught up. Oh, I'm caught up, and then there's that moment where you're like. Oh, now I don't what? know what happens to these characters. Like, I don't have the satisfaction of getting to know what the continuation story. But anyway, what about it? Uh, well, now that you're done with that, mm-hmm. you have to listen to Ready Player One. What is that? It is a book written by Ernest Klein. Let's see if I can remember my password. Um, and it's about what they call the Oasis. Okay. And so what it is, is this virtual world uh, where this basically the entire story takes place inside the virtual world. It's all about this guy who created the virtual world leaves his $278 billion up and who could never figure out the puzzle inside of his game wins. Nice. And I think I've already put it in the uh, OneDrive uh, for you. And you need to listen to it. It's a one-off. There's no, you know, it's not, you know, it's not one of those things. Like, you know, you're, there's, no, you're not twelve. You're not going to have to listen. Yeah, it's already in there with the Dresden books. You're not going to listen to twelve of them. It's one book. It's sixteen hours. It's really good. Narrated by Will Wheaton. Nice. Uh, much recommends for anyone who could, out there in podcast land who would like to listen to something fun. Uh, oh, I just. I just pre-ordered his new book, which is called Armada. And the the premise of the book is, okay, so the aliens are invading, mm-hmm. but we've all seen alien invasion movies. Because okay. you know in all the, like, all the movies, no one ever talks about, oh, well, we kind of know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We all have these preconceived ideas. So the mm-hmm. entire book is about how, the new book is about how people know kind of what's going on and how they might really react might really react to it yeah interesting it's like meta yeah very meta yes yeah um this kind of brings up an idea and a topic for us i've got a nine-year-old son and we have an hour every morning to drive and I was wondering if you remember any of the books that really captured your imagination that would be good for an audio version for a nine-year-old. What was some of the books that you were like, 
you just couldn't help but read or couldn't help but listen to the books or really were into the stories when you were young. Really into the stories when I was young. This goes out to podcast world too. Hit us up on the email or the Twitter, which will be at the end of the show. We'll tell you. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm really now. looking for some interesting ones. The one that I went with first off the recommendations of his mom was the Westing game. I don't know that one. It's this eccentric billionaire or $200 million heir who uh, has a mansion and there's a city that he lives in Michigan and he invites all of these people to live in this custom builds apartment mm-hmm. that he built on the lake, which is our, yeah, on Lake Michigan. And it's all creepy or whatever. Well, he's is murdered. Is it Reach? Huh? Is it near Demon Reach in Lake Michigan? It may be. But he <laughs> dies. He dies or is killed. It doesn't really explain which. But his will, apparently the guy that dies is extremely smart, and his will is a game between all of the heirs. So he's got like 16 different people, and he's like, one of you killed me, and the one of you who figures out who killed me gets the money. Okay, so it's very cluey. Yeah, it's, it's very clue. It's very clue. It's in, it happened um, in this. And I'm looking for that kind of, you know, I thought about the Star Wars books, but they're a little more adult. They are... And that's why I wouldn't really suggest Ready Player One because there is some language in there. I don't know. That may not be a thing, but... It is. Um, you you have a hard time not going with the classics, especially... Well, yeah, let's go with the classics. Well, let's, let's I mean, you got Narnia. I mean... The, I didn't like it. Did you like it? I like the first couple. You know, Lion, the Witch. Really? Prince Caspian. Hmm. Yeah, I like those. Um... Let's see other classics. I wonder if I could get like Hamlet, like scaled down for a nine year old, like retold in the story of like dogs. Maybe um, you might be able to do. I mean, I always liked. I mean, even that age, I was in Sherlock Holmes. Maybe he would enjoy Sherlock Holmes. Are there good Sherlock Holmes books? Uh, yeah, in that they're, age, they're all like a, well. I'm just saying. You, I like. I mean, when I was that age, I liked the originals. Oh, the, they're, they're they're written easily. They're written easy to understand. They're really? not, you know, yeah. And if you okay. go to LibriVox or at least Project Gutenberg, you can get. I mean, granted, the audios, the audio readings can be kind of iffy, but they're all free. You can get all the audiobooks for free. That's fun and all, but nothing's for free. There's something. There's something lacking there. I'd rather. I'd rather just buy the Audible and get the professional version. You know. Right. And then, Maybe that's just me being first world, but still. Well, let's see. We'll see. I, but that I mean, would be interesting. I, I do like Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the ones I'm thinking of are like from 14. I can't think of what I was like as a nine-year-old exactly. Like, What would I have been into as a nine-year-old? Because I think my nine-year-old version would have been into what I thought was cool at what I thought would be cool at thirteen. Yeah. Wow. The complete Sherlock Holmes is seventy dollars without a membership on Audible. Damn! What is it with the membership? Uh, one one credit to fifteen bucks. Oh wow! Yeah. If audiobooks are your thing, Audible is the way to go. Because it's pretty cheap. I might do it then. It's 15 bucks a month. It's basically one... Well, you can get obviously different um, levels, but you get credits, um, 
every month and for the most part every book is a credit mm-hmm. so one book is 15 a month two books is 22 a month Not did you read the hobbit I know everybody talks so much shit about the movie being bad, but was the book any good? I wonder, because it was, it was meant for like nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds. It was, and it's a good book for that age group. The only the problem I have with the movie is there are more minutes in the trilogy of The Hobbit than there are pages in the book. That's because he's taking a lot of like the outside lore. And Still, I... I, 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 I hey, hey. More power to him. He's making a shit ton of money, but whatever, right? But it should have been a movie. It should have been just a movie, or maybe a two-parter. Maybe. No, should have just been a movie. Yeah, just a good, fun three and a half hour Lord of the Rings, and it should have been nostalgic to when we were all into the trilogy of Lord of the Rings, and the whole nation was. Could you imagine if they had made the Lord of the Rings trilogy now? It'd been like nine movies or twelve movies or something. Yeah, that's true. We would have been releasing two a year for the next six years. That's true. Yeah, I really like what Peter Jackson has done with the the especially the trilogy, like the original. You know, I like the, the original Rings trilogy. I like the original extended. Oh, those are so good. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, if I'm yeah, I want to watch the original extended trilogy, all twelve hours of it. See, I think for someone like in that nine ten, I think fantasy, sort of high concept fantasy, is a good thing. I want the child's version of Dresden, where he spends more time in like the fairy world and hangs out with Bob as a sidekick. You know what I mean? That kind of fun, over the top, always dying, almost always dead, always you know, like here's my fate. I'm getting my death curse ready. You know that kind of thing and. (laughs) It comes out and it works out. That that fun, I want it to be real intense because we only listen to it in an hour at a time, you know? So I want it to be kind of, where whenever you stop listening, you're like, what was going to happen? You know, Dresden did that to me all the fucking time, man. I never could find a good stop. You know how some books you can li- read, and if you stop halfway through the chapter, you may not have any incentive to pick it back up because right. it was just kind of boring when you stopped. But the end of the last page of the chapter is a freaking cliffhanger. Every page was a cliffhanger in Dresden. You could hardly ever stop listening to Dresden Files. I want something like that for kids, you know? I really, really... Actually, I remember when I was that age, um, I really enjoyed The Wizard of Oz. The book? The book, yeah. My, okay. older, bro- my older brother read it to me when I was eight or nine. I, I, and I, we only did The Wizard, we, and we never did any of the other, you know, Return to Oz and all that stuff. But the original, I really enjoyed. At his age, I want to say I was really into, like, the Three Cousins Detective Club. You remember that book? I remember it. I wasn't, I wasn't big into that kind of stuff, like Hardy Boys and that kind of junk. I never yeah, enjoyed it. I kind of liked the Hardy Boys a little bit, but they were a little too old. Maybe, yeah. Like, I never enjoyed the detective stories. Except for the Sherlock Holmes, which is the detective. Well, yeah, but you know me. <laughs> it's like maybe I had who's a better s- detective, Batman or Sherlock Holmes? Oh, I guess it kind of depends on which Batman and which Sherlock Holmes. But the bat at the best. Well, at at their best, Batman mm-hmm. was supposed to be Sherlock Holmes. Really. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was supposed to be the great detective who also hit hit people in the mouths. You know, he was very... I'm not sure Sherlock Holmes was, was willing to hit you too, though. He was, he was, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, he is, he is history's great detective, right? Who? Sherlock Holmes. I mean, right. when you think about great detectives, it's it's Sherlock. That's who I'm putting my money on. But everybody says Batman is the best, the greatest detective ever. Right, but he was part a part of Batman, especially the older Batman, not the new Chris Nolan Batman. Mm-hmm. But the newer Batman has been based off of Sherlock Holmes. You know, that was where a lot of his detectiveness, you know, was informed from with Sherlock Holmes. So he was written to be that level of detective. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of unfair because the authors can write anything they want to write. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I just feel like just pure deductive reasoning, Sherlock Holmes is going to win. Like if you put them both in a room, Batman is going to get it done first. I mean, uh, Sherlock's going to get it like he's going to figure it out by just the clues. Batman has a bunch of other like pre-formulated ideas and for, you know plans and you know connections and money and gadgets and stuff that he probably has the advantage and would solve the crime quicker. But I think out of just pure skill, Sherlock Holmes has probably got it down. See, I always wanted to see the Batman that was Sherlock Holmes. Like he still wore the cape and the mask, but he was very, you know. Like a lot, a lot of uh, like in the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock's, where he's all like two steps here and this, and I, I, I would want to see that in a Batman movie so bad. My favorite version of Sherlock Holmes is played by Data. Oh, that's a good one. When they've you know told the the uh, holodeck to beat Data, and and the and the holodeck's giving him like these side quests. You know, as they're running, they're trying to catch somebody. And he's like, what about this data? And he's like, no, this doesn't concern us. And he's like, well, you can't just leave anyway. So he solves the crime very quickly, like Sherlock Holmes was. And he's like, the Krillers right there. Because if you see their space apart, you know, at a certain, that's too formulaic. Fingers would have been closer together. And the footballs and the scratches and the, the weights and where he fell. And, you know, data just breaks it down. And, like, you know, that very Sherlock Holmes style mm-hmm. where he just, it, all of the clues that are obviously there to only him. And when they're explained, everybody goes, oh, obviously you're the killer. That's my favorite version of Sherlock Holmes. Like the great mouse detective. I love that movie. Me too. Me too. It's That's, a great fucking movie, man. That is Still good. That might be my favorite version of Sherlock Holmes. It might be. Yeah, it might literally, be. Because I love legit. Watson and I love, yeah. Oh, so and his good. flamboyantness, like Sherlock Holmes to me should be. You know, when he comes in for the first time and he shoots the the pillows with the gun and he's looking for the bullet and he's all manic and then he and the bullet doesn't line up and he's like ah and he goes and he plays the violin all sad and he's not listening to what anybody's trying to tell him you know just that that dog-headed determination to be right what's funny is going back and watching a lot of those old movies and going wow those people had mental disorders that really needed therapy yes very much especially like Sherlock Holmes who was extremely manic extremely OCD Mm mm-hmm you know, it's weird going back and just seeing them as these, like, how we see them now in our society. Or as adults. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, no wonder my parents didn't like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Or the uh, the drunk mouse. <laughs> or like in Peach Dragon, which is a Disney movie, the one of the main characters is a drunk. 
the first time you see him, he's stumbling away from the bar and he meets Pete and he, you know, he's, you know, in Pete's face and he's like, whew. And the dragon, you know what I mean, scares him and he runs off. That's a whole scene of this well, what extremely about the, smashed uh, drunk person. Oh, the island in Pinocchio. What's it, what's it called? I didn't like the movie. But you know what I'm talking about. No, I think I might have seen it once and didn't like oh. it kind of when I was a child. Did not or, like that. Or like he's smoking and drinking and uh, Pleasure Island. Like Pleasure, Pleasure Island. Island. Or uh, Elephants on Parade in Dumbo. Oh, that when he gets, part. When he gets drunk and so mm-hmm. much of the stuff is like when you're nine years old. <laughs> and what gets me is as an adult, I understand how drunk you have to be where you're hallucinating. And that was kind of like a thing that, you know, people did back then so much that it was in their cartoons. Like they talk about, you know, Harry the Rabbit and, you know, the pink elephant and stuff like those are those were terms they talked about back then. It's like, how much alcohol did y'all consume? Y'all got down on the alcohol. What about something even more even that seems innocent today? But if you watch like a Roadrunner versus the Coyote, how actually just damn Violent. violent that show really is. It's played off like a cartoon and the animation makes it soft where it doesn't seem that bad. But if you animated like Coyote versus the Roadrunner in real life animation, you know, where it was blood and guts and showed the physics of what was happening and what they were doing, it would be unbelievably brutal. And even the way it was drawn, if you look at it with those kind of eyes, you know, the idea of anvils landing on your head and a knot growing big enough and then it splits in half and falls in your foot and you make these big eyeballs, you know what I mean? Like those whole, like even that is still... If imagined, incredibly painful. Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to find a number. Because it was something terrible. The pre-prohibition intake of whiskey uh, in the United States. You should look up what um, George Washington gave his guests at his inauguration party. What he had on... Like the number of guests compared to how much alcohol was drank and consumed at the party. You would not fucking believe it. It's a it's an amount of alcohol that you think everyone there died. <laughs> yeah, everybody drank like you did on your twenty first birthday. Every day. Like everybody, yeah, <laughs> every day. <laughs> it looks like, wow, um, before prohibition, God, is this yearly? This has got to be yearly. Uh, it's given. Two gallons a year on a, wait before prohibition it was about two and a half gallons a year of whiskey alone per person in the United States that's on average so I will, well, I'm not very good at that but I wonder how much that is like a day like how much do you think they were drinking a day then well, on average, uh, a gallon is 126 ounces, so you're talking 256 ounces of whiskey per person. So that's, you know, two shots a day. But that's on average. So you got you got to figure in the people who are drinking nothing a day. 
So you're probably talking for the people who drank was more like seven or eight gallons of whiskey a year. Oh, wait, that's not the whole thing. I tried to find the quote for you. Hang on. I want you to read this or I'll read it, but I just wanted to send it to you. This is the, uh, this is, so I was a little wrong. This is, oh, wait, no, that is all of it. Yeah, I just got to make this bigger. So this is the, uh, this is the uh, bar tab from 1787 farewell party in Philadelphia from George Washington, just before the uh, farmer signed off on the Constitution. According to the bill preserved from the evening, the 55 attendees drank four, 54 bottles of, how do you say that? Madeira? M-A-D-E-I-R-A? I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that is. S- 54 bottles of that. 60 bottles of carrot, C-L-A-R-E-T. I wonder what that is. Claret, that's a wine. Eight bottles of whiskey, 22 bottles of porter, eight bottles of hard cider, 12 beer, and seven bowls of alcoholic punch. So the first two are wines. So 114 bottles of wine. So it's two bottles of wine on average between, or about two average of bottles. Per person. <laughs> per person. That's Eight just wine. whiskey. I don't know how big of whiskey that is. That's a lot. <laughs> 22 of porter, so that's beer. So 22 Eight beers. of hard cider. 12 of beer. Seven. <laughs> seven bowls of punch. How fucked up do you think they were, man? Uh, probably, honestly, knowing those guys, they're probably like... Want to go out some more? Yeah, you want to go? Let's go. We, that was a good pregame. Let's go finish it. Yeah, what's the you, post party? You know, party? Ben Franklin was over there going, so I have this idea about electricity. <laughs> <laughs> and Lincoln was like, I got this great hemp that just got done tonight. Let's go smoke it. <laughs> or, 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 you know, Franklin was over there going, hey, sweet thing, you want to come back to my place? <laughs> the wife is out, I promise. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I bet they were seven sheets to the wind, every single one of them. I bet every single one of them, man. I bet they were fucking lit. You have to. I mean, a... Two bottles of wine is enough to get you crushed. Oh, God. Yes, it is. Okay, I'm going to take a quick time out. We will be right back here on 42. What? Uh, sorry. I got to take a quick time out. Everything just hit me real quick. All right. Well, we're going to have to end it soon anyway. God damn it. No, All I'm, right, go, go, go okay. do your thing. I'll do my we'll thing. Listen to song. Well, well, let me put on music. All right, put on uh, music. Because <laughs> I'm not singing. Do, 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 do. No. <laughs> oh, what episode is this? 14? This is episode 14. All right, I'll be right back. All right.
I think I. Ooh. What happened? Oh, my mic was being weird. I think I turned on the music and didn't turn up the volume. My bad, guys. Sorry. Ooh, bummer. Yeah. Anyway, we are back. Sorry for that. It's okay. A liter of orange soda just gets you every once in a while. Holy, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that one. So you got, you got a good recommend for us today, Ryan? It's a simple one, but I think it's one that all everybody needs to hear. Some of them may have already learned their lesson to, you know, this will be too late because I'm right on the edge. But you and I both know what I'm talking about. Okay. And it's a simple one, but it is sunscreen. Just wear some fucking sunscreen going into these next few weeks of we're all excited that the uh, the weather's warm and the sun's coming out and we're all going to go swimming or camping or playing. The, God damn it. You learn every year and then you forget. <laughs> I'm trying sunscreen. to warn you. Fucking just put some goddamn sunscreen on, man. Because me and Jacob both are like lobsters, man. Just miserably in pain. <laughs> so that's it. That's all this one is. Just fuck, man. Just wear sunscreen. Just wear some sunscreen this year. Yeah, I I was thinking about a little bit if I was going to recommend something. And I think it would just be, you know what? For the most part, you're going to lose. But every once in a while, you get to win. And when you do win, enjoy it. So many people, mm-hmm. when they do actually win, even if it's a small victory, because mm-hmm. most of our victories are very small. They don't enjoy it. Just enjoy it. You find a good girl. She may not be good forever or a good guy. He may not be good mm-hmm. forever, but they're good now. Have if fun. If they are good now, let them be good now. Let them be good now. Mm-hmm. Don't think about it too much. It's not that hard. I've got a simpler example. Okay. Recently was my 30th birthday. Right. And I haven't really had a birthday party thrown for me since I was like 14 or 15. Like a real, you know, like full-blown party, you know what I mean, where a bunch of people showed up, and this one was even crazier because it was a surprise party. Right. So I go over to my parents thinking it's just, you know, going to be my parents for some burgers, and I get over there, and there's most of my close friends have showed up, and people that aren't even really close friends showed up, and, you know, some of them made, you know, an hour-long drive, you know, from the south side of Houston and stuff, and it's just like, man, this is incredible. Well, I get out of the car... And as I'm walking towards where everybody's sitting in the driveway, you know, like where they yelled surprise as I drove up, I found myself trying to be cool and not surprised. You know, trying to be like, oh, this is, you know, okay, and not smiling. But in my, my initial reaction is to just cheese from ear to ear because I'm really grateful and really super excited that they would do this for me. And that I was genuinely surprised and I had been, there's been a bunch of years where people had made hints where it seemed like they were going to give me a surprise party and then nothing happened. You know, and I'd gotten my hopes up so many times that this time I didn't get my hopes up. And then when it did work out and everybody was there, I was just like, holy shit. And I, 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 I didn't realize it until later. I should have smiled. I should have smiled as much as I'd wanted to. I shouldn't have tried to be cool. I should have been happy and giggly and let that moment of real joy just be, you know, I should have cheesed from ear to ear and been happy with it. Instead, there was this natural reaction to be, you know, kind of cool about things and, you know, not let stuff get under your skin too much or to show your emotions too far. And if you're ever in one of those moments where you're, you can smile, right? Like you just married your wife and you turn and you're looking, don't be cool about that shit. Fucking smile. 
you just got a promotion and you're telling your friends, I just got a promotion, B, let, the, let that feeling completely out. Let your, let your face show it. Let your body show it. Because that's where you'll get the full extent of the emotion. You'll, you'll really... Life's too short not to, to enjoy those. And don't, you know, pass them up because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or you feel, you know, like, it's okay to smile. It's okay. Like, do it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah, that is. That's a great recommendation. Yeah, I cannot express that enough. And it's something I wish I learned sooner. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know me, I'm not a naturally expressive person as things are. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are so many times where I just wish I had just let myself be in the moment and put your phones down. Stop trying to capture the moment and just be. There are so many moments that get ruined or cheapened because we're trying to capture it that we're just not being. You know, you're not, you're, you're not just I in. think moments get cheapened, especially by the people that are trying to capture the moments. Yeah. But the ones that I feel even more sad for are the ones that aren't even looking for the moments. There's this great photo. I don't know where it was. It was just on Reddit, and I didn't save it. But it's this 14-year-old boy, right? And he's sitting on the uh, the wall in, like, Santa Monica. Like, So he's on the beach, beautiful ocean, palm trees, sand, wall, concrete. He's sitting looking at his phone. And right beside him is this hot, like, 18-year-old chick doing a handstand splits. So she's in like a like bikini top and like those cotton shorts, you know, that girls mm-hmm. wear those really yeah. short cotton cheer shorts they wear. Shorty shorts. Yeah. So she's wearing the cheer shorts that, you know, like say spank on the back or something, right? So she's doing like this handstand with her belly and her titties facing him and her legs are spread in like this, you know, Egyptian walking man style upside down. And he's just looking at his phone. And the caption and the picture was taken by his mom and the caption says, um, my 14-year-old should look up more one, uh, look up more often. You know, it's like this, yeah, there are some times where you should be looking around, yeah. Just, or it's like going to a concert. You the know, one that gets just... me is dinner. If you're going to go eat dinner with your friends, do you know the best way to play the game? Oh, cell phone roulette. How does that one work? Everyone puts their cell phone in the middle, and the first one to grab their phone pays for all. Pays for dinner. Pays for dinner. Yeah, and if the bill comes and nobody's picked up their phone, then you'll just split it, yeah. Yeah. I don't have enough friends to do that with right now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They'd have to do it over Skype. Skype, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah enjoy life. Mm-hmm. That's something... It's been hard. Uh, anyone who's listened to this podcast for a while has known how tough things have been uh, for me and my wife recently. And it's so hard. Or actually, it's so easy to get caught up and the day to day and the stress and the mm-hmm. and today is a good example. We just went out. Like we went to this really just, I mean, it has a bar with wings, really, but it's right on the Allegheny River and it was super pretty and it was super nice. Yeah, it burnt my arms, but that was also because I mowed the lawn today too. But it was just so nice to just sit out in the warmth and feel the sun and talk and have a beer and eat some wings and Watch the people walk by. It's okay. I, I think a lot of re- in a lot of times people feel like if they're not doing something, like being mm-hmm. completely active, they're letting life pass them by. And I don't. It's okay to be still. I, I, it's okay. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just sit 
and watch the world go by because it's yeah. some of the most beautiful things you'll ever see in your entire life. The clouds in the sky, the birds, you know, just nature happening all the time. It's always out there. The mm-hmm. world is a grand place. You should enjoy it sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just got really deep here. Okay. <laughs> Not really deep, more sentimental. More sentimental. More, it's kind of a feeling of nostalgia, but not of memory and anything. Yeah. But we all kind of, I think we're all kind of feeling that. We're like, oh, yeah, I know what a summer day feels like. Yeah. We should enjoy those. Yeah, I guess, like, I was, like I said, I was out mowing the lawn, and my Oklahoma brain kicked in and said, sweetheart, it feels perfect outside. This is the only day of the year we're going to get like this. Let's go. Because <laughs> in Oklahoma, you know, the, 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 the going out days are really you know, the really nice weather is a very small period. Three it's weeks. even smaller because you know, your work for you know, most of those days you can't take advantage. So I'm like, oh, we got to go out because we weren't going to go out today, but we decided to go out. And, oh, it's really good. Yeah, you know, I agree. Enjoy I agree, the yeah. sunsets. Watch the yeah. sun go. Just watch the sun go down sometime. It'd be some of the best couple hours you'll probably spend. Turn off your phone. Sunset doesn't actually take more than about 30 minutes. Yeah, well, it depends. Depends on where you are. Oklahoma takes a while. Well, that's because y'all get grandiose fucking (laughs) sunsets that start at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's a true statement. Yeah, yeah, the most beautiful sunsets I've ever seen are in those fucking, what is that, red-orange clay of Oklahoma Uh sunsets? The red dirt up in the air. And plus, I mean, it's so flat. It's so flat. You have the giant Montana-like feeling skies. Yeah, it's so fantastic. I miss it. And for some reason, your weather, like the ceiling for the clouds is so much higher. Your clouds are fucking giant there. You have these giant uh, clouds. It can get to, from what I understand, and I've been told, because of some atmospheric, the big A word that deals with the sky, mm-hmm. uh, the highest a cloud can get in Houston, Texas is 5,000 feet. Right. The highest it can get in Stillwater, Oklahoma is 50,000 feet. Yeah. So the sunsets that you get painted by 50,000 foot clouds are unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. If, if, you, if there's any billionaires listening to this and you just need somewhere to go, that's something that should put on your thousand things to do before you die list. See an Oklahoma red dirt sunset. Yeah, just drive out to western Oklahoma somewhere and watch That's about the, the only reason to actually go to Oklahoma if you're a billionaire, though. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty oh, much. and all the oil. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're no, looking no, to invest it's... in some oil, there's, there's lots of reasons to go to Oklahoma. Just send your croonies. Or... Just send your croonies. <laughs> you don't have to go. There's earthquakes there because of that shit now. Don't, don't go. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Well, I don't know. You about done? Yeah, I need to call this one. I got to get up super early and take my car in to get a bunch of work done on it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, maybe not the best, maybe not the worst, but it was still a thing. Episode 14 of the late great. Damn it. You're too hard on you, you fucking dick. I this was, is a good episode, you I, bitch. <laughs> There's only one part that was kind of shitty, and it wasn't even that bad. So fuck off. <laughs> anyway. Bye, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again from 42. Bye. Bye.